Hey, what's going on, Central Valley Chi Alpha fam? Man, in just a few weeks, you are getting ready to enter into an amazing winter break. And so on today's episode, we'll be discussing how do you thrive spiritually over your winter break? Let's talk about it. We are CVXA, a student faith movement for all nations across the Central Valley College campuses. We believe in a Holy Spirit-led life filled with real devotion, real brotherhood, and real responsibility. Our prayer for you is that you will learn and grow through today's podcast. So as we talked about in our intro, we're going to be talking about how do you thrive spiritually over your winter break? Now, I want to first start off by talking about a very important lesson that we can learn from King David's life. Now, King David, according to God, was considered a man after his heart. But as we look through David's life, we also can see there were some weak moments that he uh, experienced through his life. And so I want to talk about a specific story about his encounter with um, a woman named Bathsheba, who he ended up having an adulterous affair with. And then it ended up leading to him lying, him covering it up, and then not wanting her husband to find out. So he ended up having his husband killed. And he ended up repenting after all this. But that was a lot of turmoil that he had to go through because he started off by having an affair with a woman that was not his wife. But the question that I want to ask is, how did David end up, again, a man after God's own heart, a man that was a worshiper, a man that followed God in so many different ways, how did this same man that was thriving spiritually end up having an affair and ended up killing another man, uh, the, the woman's husband, to cover up this affair? How did he end up there? Most people would say that it was the moment that he was walking on his rooftop and he saw her bathing and he invited her over. But as we look closer into the book of Samuel, specifically 2 Samuel chapter 11, we get a key insight that I believe will give us wisdom as we go into our winter semester, or winter break. So 2 Samuel chapter 11, we start off by reading, In the springtime, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole army of Israel. They destroyed the Amorites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. So let me put a little things into context. And back in those days, when you wanted to go to war, they would go to war during spring, they would go to war during summer, and every time about fall and winter would come, they would stop their campaigns to continue to conquer land. Why? Because there was snow, it was rough weather conditions, it was hard to travel. So there was this cyclical season where everybody knew if you were a king, in springtime was the time to re-engage with warfare and to move forward. And so at this point in history, David had some wins under his belt. He had established his capital. He got everything set into place. And so for whatever reason, the Bible says that in springtime, at times when king normally would go off to war, David sent his right-hand man, Joab, to go out and said, you guys go out and fight, and I will remain in Jerusalem. Now, I don't know why he decided to stay back in Jerusalem, but this shows a very important principle to recognize. At the time when David should have been having his sword up and ready to engage in battle, he decided to say, you know what? I'm going to relax. I'm going to kick back. I'm going to let those guys go out and do it. And I'm going to rest. And I'm going to sit back and chill. And it was in that time of idleness that he was walking about on his rooftop. And that's when he saw Bathsheba bathing naked. So when did that temptation first begin? Was it at the rooftop? Or did it begin when the moment he said, I'm going to put my sword down for this season when I should have been fighting, I'm going to choose to be quote unquote relaxing. And so what I wanted to share with you guys on this podcast was there are inevitably 
two wars that every believer must face, especially as you are getting ready to go into this winter break. Number one, there is a war to protect what you possess. And the second thing is there is a war to advance what you equally possess. In Luke chapter four, we see that Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the desert by the devil. In fact, those three specific temptations were number one. He said, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Second thing is that if you are the son of God, jump off of this cliff, the angels will protect you. And the other one was, man, if you are the son of God, bow down and worship me and I will give you rulership. I will give you everything because it's under my rulership. And Jesus said, man, you shall not worship anybody except the Lord your God. So here's the thing. With all of those three temptations, Jesus was warring to keep or to protect what he already possessed. What do I mean by that? He was already the son of God. He didn't have to prove himself. He already owned everything. He didn't have to try to win back ownership. So he was protecting, he was on a war to protect what he had already possessed. As we keep reading in this chapter, we now go down to verse 12 and it now transitions that he left and overcame that temptation and he began to now war to advance what God had given him. And we read this scripture specifically in Luke 4, 14 through 15. It says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee and news of him went out and th- and spread it all throughout the surrounding region. And he thought and he taught in the synagogues being glorified by all. So again, he transitioned from protecting what he already possessed to advancing, to advancing the kingdom of God and destroying the works of the devil. As you enter into your winter break, I want to make something very clear. There is a war that is waiting for you on this winter break. This war will either force you to protect or to hand over everything that God has given and done in your life this fall semester. Ecclesiastes 10, 17 through 18 says this. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. What is he saying here? What he's saying here is because of laziness, buildings begin to decay. I own a home. Every spring, I need to be clear and intentional to make sure to clean out my gutters, to make sure all the weeds are pulled up, to make sure that I do perimeter checks, to make sure that my house has survived the winter, and to keep the upkeep. If I don't do that, because I would be lazy, my house would eventually become dirty, become broken down, and and the small things would become um, that would be unchecked would actually create greater issues for my house long term. And the Bible also says, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. In the same way, if I don't take care of plumbing issues that take place in my house, eventually my plumbing would begin to leak, and it could begin to flood different areas and cause dry rot in the wood. And it could just be a huge, big, giant mess, all because of lack of attention. So here's my point. There's two facts that you have to recognize as you're going into this winter breaks. Number one, you are getting ready to switch atmospheres this winter break. You are literally going from an atmosphere where you had your life scheduled out for you. Anywhere between 10 to 25 hours of classwork, of homework. Maybe you had a job. This was a structure that was built for you. You were told, go to class at this time, have a lunch break at this time. Uh, Maybe go to a study group at this time, right? Maybe you've had a job scheduled for you at this time. Um, You were part of your Chi Alpha group. You're part of your company. You're part of 
Different things were set into structure for you. You were part of a strong community of faith. You were consistently challenged to grow in your faith by praying, by witness, by fellowshipping, by worshiping, by being in discipleship community through your company. This was all set for you in this atmosphere while you were on campus or while you were in your fall semester. You are literally going from that and you are switching to an environment where there will be no to very little responsibility and accountability. Here's what I mean. Now you've had literally uh, your schedule planned out for you. You are going to now with completely no agenda except for whatever you want to do. And to put things into perspective, you, for depending what campus you're on, you are literally getting six weeks off. That is 42 days. That is over a thousand hours that are now being unaccounted for. You went from a highly structured environment to now having a thousand plus hours of unclaimed, unplanned time. If we are not intentional to steward that time correctly, like the Bible says, our house will begin to leak. Our spiritual house will begin to leak. And so we want to be wise about how we go about that. So that's the first fact is that we are switching atmospheres. The second fact is that there is an enemy of your soul who is waiting for an opportune time to tempt you. Some of you may be going to a home environment where your family, your friends, maybe your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, they are going to approach you as the person you used to be and not the person that you have become. Let me repeat that again. Some of you will be going back to an environment where your family, your friends, maybe that ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend are going to approach you as the person that you used to be and not the person that you have become. So because of that, we need to be aware that we are going to be new beings in old places. Sometimes we can be prone to following familiar patterns of life once we get back to familiar environments. Again, old friends and even family can tend to pull us down from our destiny in Christ that we found without them if we are not careful to walk in new ways in old places. Here's an important truth. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation or prophetic insight, the people cast off restraint, self-control, self-restraint, or moderation. Having a vision for your winter break will empower you to protect and advance everything that God has done and given to you this semester. Do not take this lightly. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says this, be careful when you think you stand, least you fall. Proverbs 22, 3 says this, a wise man foresees danger and makes precaution. A foolish man sees it and does nothing and suffers the consequences. What that means is a wise man sees that this could be a challenge coming into this winter break. And so a wise man or a wise woman says, you know what? I'm going to make precautions. I'm going to make plans so that I can thrive and not just survive. But a foolish person says, you know what? I'll, I'll see what happens. We'll just kind of see what happens when we get there. But they will end up suffering the consequences of their failure to plan. But here's the great news. This war that you're getting ready to step into has already been won by Jesus. All you have to do is practice your faith in, a, in similar and yet new ways. And you are going to go from another glory to another glory this winter break. I want to talk about three keys to help you thrive over your winter break. Key number one is stir your spiritual hunger. Smith Wigglesworth, Healing of Revivalists, said this. 
Spiritual hunger is when nothing satisfies as much as being near to God. Worldliness is that which cools my affections towards God. Man, we want to stir our spiritual hunger. Being hungry for God is what keeps us moving and thriving and getting us closer to his heart. One of the greatest ways to know where our hunger level is, is based on what, do we, what is our appetite for. And so we want to be intentional to stir our spiritual hunger for the things of God. And so a few ways we can do that is number one, submit yourself to reading a book of the Bible or a topic in the Bible or a specific book outside that talks about growing in a Christian faith, whatever it is, but that will stir that hunger towards God. Man, increase devoted times of prayer. A lot of times, you know, maybe your devotional time with the Lord wasn't as long as you wanted to be because you had school, you had finals, you had different things. Now you have all the time over winter break to increase your devotional time in prayer. Give time to fasting, scripture memorization, and just meditating, just being alone with God. It's in those moments where you actually grow a greater appetite for the things of the kingdom of God. Man, here's a question I want to have you ask yourself is what type of man or what type of woman do you want to be on the other side of this winter break? Start with the who before the do. If you want to be a man or a woman that says, I want to be thriving, I want to increase in my prayer life. Well, then that's who you want to be. Then make a plan according to that. What times will you be giving yourself to prayer? What resources can you grow in growing in your prayer life? But utilize this winter break to stir your spiritual hunger. That's key number one. Key number two, you want to have mission vision over your winter break. Or another way to say it is you want to be intentional to serve purposely to bring the kingdom of heaven in your home. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who during this winter break can I be specific to minister to? Are there certain family members that you want me to be intentional to reach out and to share the word of God with, to share a prophetic word with? Or are there, are there friends or the different people that are back in your hometown that the, that the Holy Spirit is saying you are on a mission during this winter break to preach the gospel, to invest time, to disciple, because God wants you to not only minister on your campus, but to minister in your family and to bring that influence of the kingdom of God wherever you go. So key number two is have mission vision over your winter break. Key number three, make a plan for your winter break. If you fail to plan, you are actually planning to fail. So here's some questions that you can ask to really set yourself up for success. Again, Proverbs 22, three says, a wise man foresees danger and makes plans. So first question you want to ask, what will I do with my time with the Lord? What will it look like? Don't just say, oh, I'm going to spend time with the Lord over winter break. No. What does Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday look like? What times will you spend my time with the Lord? Second question, here is what I will do to find rest over my winter break. Are you going to exercise? What type of sleep patterns do you want to have? What will you read? Will you spend time with your family? What actually brings rest to you? These are things that will help set you up for success to thrive. Who are the people that you will hang out with? Who are the people that you will contact when you get back to your hometown over this winter break? Or if you're staying in this area, again, what will you do? Who will you hang out with? What are things you will do on purpose with your time? For example, will you take time to encourage others? Will you take time to maybe write out prophetic words? What will you be intentional to do on purpose? Now, the flip side of that too is, what are things that you will not do to find rest? For example, do you want to really spend time growing your spiritual walk with God or do you want to spend your whole winter break 
mindlessly wasting time binging every, you know, Netflix episode. And not again, I'm not saying it's a sin to go watch certain episodes, but if you spend your whole winter break just binging on YouTube, man, these are things that are not going to add to your spiritual life. They'll actually take away. So maybe set a limit on how much time you spend on social media. Set a limit on how much movies you will watch. Or, you know, I'm only going to give myself this much screen time per day. Because I want to be intentional to build relationships. Again, what are things that you will not do to find quote-unquote rest? Who are people that you should not hang out or contact with? Again, old friends that could cause you to stumble. Maybe that ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. Listen, come on somebody. There's an ex in front of that person's name for a reason. You need to ex them out of your life and keep them out of your life. Come on somebody. So listen, who is that person or people group that you should not hang out with or contact when you are during this winter break, people that will cause you to compromise. Where are places that you should not go? Anywhere are places that would force you to compromise. You want to avoid those areas. Again, what would accountability look like? And when I say accountability, I don't mean just saying staying connected just so you don't sin. No. Who do you want to stay in contact with that will help you remain accountable to the plan that you said of, man, this is what I want to do to thrive. This is what I want to do to grow with. So who are the people that you will stay connected with to remain transparent with and to share your victories with? Because we are meant to go in life together, not to go alone. Here is who I will stay connected with and here is how I will stay connected with them. Does it look like weekly phone calls? Does it like text messages? Does it like Zoom meetings? Does it like FaceTime? How will you stay connected with your community over this winter break? I guarantee you, if you take each of these three keys and prayerfully walk through them with the Lord and with your company or your community of believers, I guarantee you will have a thriving winter break. Now, I want to close by sharing a few recommended resources that you could uh, begin to dive into to help you thrive and go to that next level in your faith. Number one, if you go to our website, which the link is included in the body of this podcast, but there's a five-part teaching series called The Power of a Focused Life by Mike Bickle. Here's the reason why I would recommend this one. It is an incredible resource about how do you create vision for your life. There's so many college students that are asking, what's the purpose of my life? How do I find vision for my life? What do I want to do with my life? This is literally a five-part teaching series literally teaching you how do you create not just a schedule, but how do you create vision for your life? How do you walk out vision for your life? How do you discover your purpose in God? And how do you thrive for the rest of your life in God? This is the number one resource I would highly recommend. Again, it's on cvxa.com website, but if you click the specific link, it'll take you directly to the resource page that will help you go deeper. Second resource I want to give is called Abiding in Christ by Andrew Murray. He's one of my favorites. He's an old dead guy. He no longer is living, but he wrote this incredible book about how do you create intimacy with God for a lifetime? That is an incredible book that I would highly recommend. The third book that we would recommend, the recommended resource is called When Heaven Invades Earth by Bill Johnson. This is a practical guide to the to walking out a life in signs, wonders, and miracles. Maybe you're new to the area of the supernatural. You're like, how does this whole, is it God's will to heal? Is it God's will to for me to walk out in signs, wonders, and miracles? This is a biblical breakdown of our life in Christ and our assignment and how to walk that out in the practicals and how to do that. So again, those three recommended resources that we want to give are Power of a Focused Life, which is on our website, which is included in the link inside of this podcast. Second one is Abiding in Christ by Andrew Murray. 
which I believe you can find on Amazon. And the third one is When Heaven Invades Earth, A Practical Guide to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles by Bill Johnson, which again you can find on Amazon. Uh, the One of these three will help you thrive and go into your next level in God this winter break. You were created to not just merely survive. You were designed to thrive in your walk with Jesus. We are meant to go from glory to glory in our relationship with him. We are called to live a supernatural lifestyle of demonstrating God's love and power to a world that's desperate to know him. This winter break, let's go deeper in the things of God so that we can mature in our faith and come back stronger in the spring. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you as you seek his face this winter break. God bless. Thanks for receiving and applying what you learned today. Now go make disciples of all nations. Remember, you were born to reproduce. Go find, feed, and fight for the lost lambs of God on your campus.